What do you have that gives you the extra oomph to get through your days? Allison Steele has a cape, among many other special wardrobe items. I have an entire costume closet. Yes, you have to have a lot of costumes when you live in New Orleans. I'm Dodie Axe, and this is Get to Know an Average Joe. We find out about the extraordinary people in our everyday lives. Why not take those extra 10 minutes to talk to your neighbor or the person sitting next to you on the airplane? Our new guest on this episode of Get to Know an Average Joe is a woman of steel, Allison Steele. Hi. Hi. Hello. How do you introduce yourself to people? Um, I've heard you called Al. Yes. Why doesn't everybody call you the woman of steel? I don't know, but they should. Isn't that excellent? Yes, it is. I Normally, I just say, hi, I'm Allison. But then once people get to know me, they'll see that all of my friends will call me Al. In college, they did call me Steele. We went by last names, but. And where was college? LSU, Louisiana State University. Because you're a native of Louisiana? I am. I'm from a small town called Franklin, Louisiana. It's a little antebellum town on the Bayou Teche in South Louisiana. Do you speak Cajun? I try. Can we hear a little bit of Cajun? You won't go down the bayou now, Shad. In Louisiana, now you live in New Orleans. And so the first thing that comes to, I think, a lot of minds is Hurricane Katrina. Can you describe what what it was like in New Orleans before and what it's like now? Right. Well, during that time, I was actually living in Baton Rouge, which is Louisiana state capital. And so um, our office is based in New Orleans. We also have an office in Baton Rouge. And so during that time, it was it was very scary. And uh, friends that were in New Orleans, it was um, it was a really tough time. And even 11 years later, they still have a hard time even going back to talk about what happened then. But now, pre-Katrina and post-Katrina, New Orleans is wonderful. It's thriving. There's a lot of um, entrepreneurs that come to New Orleans and a lot of businesses that have been growing the city. And I mean, it's back. It's back and better than ever. And I've been hearing that there is a feeling of community more than ever because people who have been through Katrina now experience something about New Orleans that's quite unique. Yeah, and it's like it's like a family now. You know, it's like once you're bonded with something like that, it's like you can't ever take that away. And so it's, I think it was just a moment of bonding, and you know, it's like all for one and one for all. So, you work in a small business, and your business idea is all around social media, right? Right. That's right. That's right. I work for um, Zender. It's a full service agency. So, but I'm, I was traditional PR for a long time, and now I've moved into the social media realm. How do you think Katrina would have been different if social media had been as mature as it is now? It would have been much different because now it's like you can mark yourself safe on Facebook, and so you know even with. I mean, anything that happens, you know, that there's a, an accident on a train or a, just, you know, natural disasters, people are able to mark themselves safe. And so during that time, I remember there were people in our office, we could not find them. And there was one person and it took days because you, there was just no service, no form of communication. And so had there been social media, it would have been so much easier. You know, it's just, it's a way of just knowing where people are and communicating with each other. During Katrina, there were a lot of misconceptions too about the actions that people were taking and, you know, the intentions of people. Do you think that social media 
would feed that or would solve that? I think it would solve it in a way. I think that, you know, now it's like, especially with Facebook Live and things like that, and sometimes it's used in a negative manner, but a lot of times it's like, now it's like you have these, it's like anyone can be a journalist and you can report what's happening and it's not so scary because whenever you're just hearing through the grapevine and all these things and the news is reporting stuff and you can't see on TV because there's no electricity, you're listening to a radio. And so now it's just, it's a lot different. You know, you can really see what's happening live. Let's get back to Allison and the things that make you tick. You grew up in Louisiana. You went to university in Louisiana. Do you like to stick close to home? I love my family, but I travel a great deal. And so it's like, it's a way to come back. And also New Orleans is, it's a city like no other. It's quirky. You can go on a Sunday and buy a wig and walk down the street and walk into a restaurant and no one looks at you any different. I just had a purple one recently that I purchased. How come? It was Sunday (laughs) and it felt right. So a friend of mine from Chicago, we just popped in, bought a wig, and then we went the rest of the day shopping in our wigs. Yeah. All right. So do you have a separate shelf in your closet for the wigs? I have an entire costume closet. Yes, you have to have a lot of costumes when you live in New Orleans. And the colors are purple and green, I guess, because of the Mardi Gras colors, or it's just what inspires you? It's whatever. I bought a crawfish costume recently. I was walking back to the office, and it was in the window, and it just spoke to me. So I bought the crawfish suit, and it's lovely. So it can be anything. Rumor has it that there is a particular cape in your office as well? It's silver and very shiny. It's in case of emergency, so you never know when you need a silver cape. It's hanging on the wall. You can borrow it if you ever I might. I might need to borrow that. But describe the last situation when you needed the silver cape and what happened when you brought it out. Well, it was for a concert, and I was wearing a wolf hat, and I felt like I needed some extra flair, so I pulled it out. And it's wonderful. You just feel like a million bucks in a silver shiny cape. That Allison is the kind of person who needs extra flair, but I guess you wanted the extra glitter. Everybody needs a little shiny, a little extra shiny. What was little Al like? What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, when I was little, I was super shy um, for a long time. And my kindergarten report card came back and said that I was quietly defiant. So, yes. So I was very shy, but then I don't know when I broke out of my shell. But now I'm not at all. That left such a mark on you. How did you feel about that? How did you feel about your kindergarten teacher for making that judgment on you? Well, I didn't exactly know what it meant then. But now I'm like, wait a minute. What? I guess she was right. Because I didn't really care for her that much. So, yeah. So now your defiance is pretty straightforward, pretty upfront? or I think so. Yeah. 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 And how did you get into the PR business? Um, Well, when I was at LSU, I I went to the journalism school while while I was there. And so PR just seemed, I liked it. I thought it was fun and I got an internship. And so I loved it. I loved writing press releases and talking to the media and doing all the things. And then, you know, now with social media, it's kind of the same thing, but it's all a lot about messaging and just, how you're wording things and talking to people and so it's just it's the digital form of PR but I loved it I love just getting to talk to people all the time right. so 
And I think digital, it's interesting that you say that because you work in an environment where the digital stuff comes so naturally. And I think that this world seeks millennials who, who take to the digital environment so easily, right. so naturally. What do you think of millennials and being surrounded uh, by them in this environment? Well, I think that they're super, super smart when it comes to digital. And I think that we can all learn from each other. And I mean, I learn from them every single day. You know, it's like the newest little gadget or maybe it's some app or whatnot. But um, but I think we all learn from each other. It's like you learn, they can learn a little bit of the traditional and just the people interaction because otherwise you just get sucked into your phones and everything else. But I mean, I feel like I learn so much from because because they're smart about digital or why what do you learn I think they're they're smart about digital but they're also just so curious to find that new latest and greatest thing you know it's like they're 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 discoverers you know they're out there just trying to find the latest and greatest thing and they're just craving that and so it's like we learn so much from them when they're doing the digging and finding all these things. I think what's interesting is that your environment is so much more in tune with the younger generation. Yeah. So I sit in front of you, I'm 46 years old, mm -hmm. I work in you know, a, a big traditional company, you work in a small company that is right on the edge of what is happening in social conversations. Right, right. And I'm trying to get to, you know, how is it that you're in touch with that easily and how do you feel about being in touch with that. When I was up and coming in my career, you know, I would look up to people who had, you know, been at their desk and working hard and, you know, proving themselves by, uh, by following the rules. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way it is anymore. No, it's not. And I think, you, you know, it does us all a little bit of good to break out of the rules a bit. I think that that's where it's like these creative ideas come from is when you're not stuck in a box. Like when you're able to go out and just try new things and take risk. And when your management is willing to let you do that and to be innovators and things like that, it's like that's how we all grow because, I mean, good ideas can come from anyone. And so it can come from someone just out of college. It can come from someone at the top. But also it's like it's a lot of the collaboration that is amazing because when you do have someone from the top working with the bottom and it's like all these ideas are flowing and it's just – it's just perfection, in my opinion. The ingredients of a perfect day for you are what? Well, in the morning, I like to wake up and piddle. It, I'm, I've mastered the art of piddling. So I like to wake up early, and I have a little wiener dog, Miss Frankie, so we spend some time together, take her out, and she likes to have her morning kisses, and we go through our routine. What is she named for, Miss Frankie? What is that? She's named after Franklin, where I was from. Oh. So it's short, I shortened it, and she's Miss Frankie. Um, so I like to, you know, check my phone, look at emails. I like to look at the news. I watch Good Morning America every day and I'll, my little games, my words with friends, I'll catch up on all the things in the morning. And then if I have just little things to do, like the dishes or whatever, and I just, I take my time, take my time in the morning. So you're a do the dishes in the morning person rather than a do the dishes after dinner person. Well, I do them. I don't like anything to be left in the sink. So it's mainly like pulling them out of the dishwasher and putting them away in the morning. That's kind of the routine. So if it's a work day, if it's a perfect work day, I walk to the office, which I love walking to work, downtown New Orleans, and I get to be with my favorite people every day. And I love to take a long lunch, 
with some of my coworkers. That's one of my favorite things in New Orleans to do. You take a really long lunch and you just eat the good food and it's just merry and everyone is just just happy and it especially around the holidays. It's just it's hopping. It's lovely. And so then back to work and then at night, you know, friends will get together and we'll have wine and chit chat. But other than that, it's like spending time with family. I love taking vacations and being on a beach, quiet all day, reading, sleeping, that kind of thing. Is the phone off when you're on the beach, when you're on vacation? I try to, I try hard to, it depends. When I'm out of the country, it's much easier because then I can say, you know what, well, it just can't be on. But sometimes I just get sucked in a little bit, but you know. Allison Steele, thank you for joining Get to Know an Average Joe. This was so fun, thank you. Next time, our guest is one of Allison's favorite people, her colleague, Jen Edelman. I'm not afraid of flying per se. I'm just, I think I'm afraid of the falling. I'm afraid of falling. I like to stay up. I don't want to think about falling down. And that's probably just being a perfectionist with my life in general, my work life and everything. Tweet me at Dodiax if you have a suggestion for an average Joe. Thanks for listening. And now, if you'll excuse me. <laughs>